Welcome back to the Den Mothers podcast. You are here with your hosts and favorite sisters, Lauren and Camille. Before we get started, we just want to shout out our ladies over at the Frame Creative Agency. Alyssa, Liz, and Nicole absolutely killed our rebrand. The colors, the font, the aesthetic nature about it, the name. They gave us everything we wanted and more. So if you yourself are interested in rebranding your business, these are the ladies to call. Head over to their Instagram at The Frame Agency and mention The Dead Mothers for $500 off their Mac Daddy package. Okay, okay, so episode recording apart, which is devastating. It's sad. It's sad, and I miss you. It's sad, <laughs> and I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> different seeing you on a screen. But you know what? It's kind of fun doing it on the screen because I can look at you the whole time. When we're recording next to each other, I'm having to look at the camera and not you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I always get a horrible, get a horrible kink in my neck because I'm yeah. wanting to look at you. But I'm having to look straight, and then the mic is kind of here. Yeah, so I, like, yeah. <laughs> I can never make it happen. So I guess there are pros and cons. My audio's always terrible when we're together, I feel like, because I cannot help but to look at you. It's like against no. my nature. No, yeah, I know. you can't help it. No. So, okay, so today, today's episode, we are talking all about spiritual anxiety healing. Wow. This is something that's very important to me. It's something that I coach on. It's something that I practice. I have studied it. I feel very connected to this topic. And I know that so many people in our society right now identify with having anxiety. Yes. And I'm really excited to talk about sort of the general anxiety things my experience with anxiety and giving you the recipe of what I feel like actually cured my body from feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. But before we do all that, of course we have to do our weekly update and somebody has a funny story for us. (laughs) Take it away, kid. (laughs) Well, I can't, I have to do a little background, Camille. I know that we don't, you know, there's a lot. My weekly update is actually huge just because my life has been so exciting for the last couple of weeks since we last recorded. I went on a very wild adventure through the entire Pacific Northwest, almost all the way up into Canada. So oh my God. Shane and I have stayed at the cutest bed and breakfasts, Airbnbs. We checked into our Washington place in the middle of nowhere in the rainforest with a stream in the backyard and like a view of the sound or whatever it's called. I forget what it is. The peninsula. It's so (laughs) magnificent. So I'm recording right now from a hotel that was built in 1907 called Captain Whidbey on Whidbey Island. And we just, we're literally just living our best lives right now. It's so good. Okay. So, and also I did a seven day water fast. That's a big deal. You did seven full days. That is just crazy. I did seven full days And I did incorporate this amazing immunity tonic that I made from 
basically making a soup and then taking out the solids. But I became obsessed with herbalism. A lot is happening for me right now. I'm having a really good time. But so I was drinking some tonics and water. But I mean, I was not eating more than or drinking more than maybe 10 calories a day or, you know, I don't know, maybe maximum 20 with the tonic. I don't know what the tonic was, but very small. Very small. That is just crazy. Uh-huh. I feel like so it's I, so psychedelic. It was so psychedelic. So much came up. I was crying. I was so pissed off. I, you know, Shane thought he was going to make it 10 days. He made it three. <laughs> yeah. So it's just. You always you know, seem to make it more, don't you? Yes. But that's hard. It, three days is really hard. Three days is really hard. I know a person right now doing a three-day juice cleanse, and even that's hard. Mm. It's hard to not chew because you don't realize you don't realize how often you just grab for a little snack and how like comforting chewing is. It makes you feel safe and like primally, like you're nourished, you're eating, your body feels good when you're chewing. So Oh, how exciting. You're staying in the coolest places. Yes, the coolest places. And so at one of these places, the most ridiculous thing happened to me. So, and Camille, I was on the phone with Camille. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, Shane and I got into Eugene, Oregon, really kind of later at night, maybe like seven or eight. We checked into this little Airbnb called the Campbell House in Eugene. It is so cute. It's a restored, I think, early 1900s. Victorian home that they turned into a bed and breakfast. Yeah. And so that was my first bed and breakfast I had ever stayed in. Anyway, we were just loving this place. I had this huge bubble bathtub, really cozy robes, a fireplace in each room. Like it was adorable. So in the morning, Camille and I are on the phone and I was butt naked in my room because that's how I always am when I'm in my room. always butt naked. (laughs) I'm always butt naked. I love being butt naked. It's crazy (laughs) that you haven't joined a nudist colony yet. You're all, you are the perfect contestant. I know. I will, I will join a nudist colony one day. If I could get yeah. Shane is never butt naked and I am always butt naked. <laughs> no, it's so convenient. Like it does not matter. She's always butt naked. Like <laughs> I love to just say butt naked, but I'll come in and she's just butt naked. Like even if he has windows, <laughs> even if windows, big windows in her house, butt naked. Butt naked. <laughs> and mom's been day. butt naked forever, always. <laughs> Why is Even it as so a baby? Funny. Why is it so funny saying <laughs> butt naked? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was naked in this hotel room. I didn't think anything of it. All of a sudden, work called and my laptop was charging on the floor. So I get butt naked down on the floor in child's pose, just working, no big deal. Like imagine you in a ball, you know, on the floor, like on my knees, working on my elbows on my laptop, but butt naked, like butthole to the door. Okay. And completely spread open. (laughs) Completely spread open, like butthole to the door, (laughs) shamed up on the bed. So it's not like sexual or anything. I was literally just working. I didn't even think twice about it. I'm butt naked on the floor working. I've been there a million times. All of a sudden the door 
for my hotel room just opens up and a, <laughs> a maid or a housekeeper makes direct eye contact with my brown eye. <laughs> and Lauren goes, oh, my God. I was on the phone with her and I'm like, what is going on over there? <laughs> this woman just walked into our room. It was well, 11 it was 11 o'clock on the dot, okay? Like, yes. on the dot. And, of dot. course, you were still – there. Lauren and Shane are not, like, rule followers. So, at 11, they're about to pack up. Like, for me, my stuff's out the door at 1045. No. No. She's still working with her asshole to the sky. <laughs> and I'm sure your bags weren't packed. And no. <laughs> here comes no. the maid just doing her duty, and she has to endure – Yes. Something we can never unsee. <laughs> can never unsee it. It was so, it was almost like I was doing that so she would walk in on me. Like, I don't uh-huh. know how to explain the angle of my asshole. It was directly at the door. She opened it and then yeah. just saw my butthole and probably my whole entire opening to my soul too, <laughs> you know. So anyway... She ran away so fast. Dude. I never saw her again. I tried to make amends and Shane just said, let it go because she probably Dude, never that wants is to see it. so funny. This is the second accidental nude story you've had in the week. <laughs> what was the other one? When your nipple was out for the ice cream people. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my nipple. My entire tit. Yeah, it was first your headlight and now your brown eye. I mean, where does it end? <laughs> my brown eye. These poor bystanders are just having to look. And of course, Shane and I are cracking up because Shane's like, only Lauren would be able to have that experience where somebody could full on see their <laughs> asshole. Like, that's so vulnerable. If you think I'd be in my apartment, in front of my door. I don't care where my laptop's charging. My asshole is never straight into the air aiming at my door. <laughs> Yours is. That's so scary. Yes. Okay. Well, uh-huh. Dude, I would just never expect. I guess I just trust people. Like, I would never expect for somebody to not even give a little knock. Like, exactly at 11 you think that I'm already gonna be gone like okay I'm that's pretty wild I've never heard of one of them not at least knocking a little bit knocking and she the thing is is that there was no warning because this was one of those old school hotels where it's an actual key okay like you know if it had been like a um plastic card beep beep I would have had a second to clench up but she she just opened the door like as if she lived there you know just no warning (laughs) she did she's like okay get out of my room yeah (laughs) that is so funny anyway that's the story we'll call it brown eye to the sky (laughs) okay well my week isn't as funny or exciting I mean I just I'm loving being in Tulum I love it so much also I'm going to just say this for everybody listening. I have had some offers on Instagram for people willing to be the first to have sex with me. And though I'm flattered, 
I just want everybody to know that I'm making the choice not to have sex. <laughs> right. Okay. So when I say I haven't had sex yet, it's not like a, hey, I haven't had sex and I really am looking. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, no, I haven't had sex because I'm unable. That's not the point. The point yeah. is you're choosing to honor your body right now. I'm choosing to honor my body right now. I ate to my core and mm-hmm. it's not that I'm not doing anything. You're oh. not desperado. I'm definitely not desperado. I'm having some hot, you know, makeout sessions here and there. But and sex maybe hasn't- you've been fandangled perhaps. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have been, which was nice. Wait. Should I talk about my date and talk about the one weird thing that he said? <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. I also had my first actual date. Okay. Camille went on a date. This is really big news. Yeah. It's big news. I was taken on a real date. Okay. 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 <laughs> it was from Hinge. Believe it or okay. not. I'm on the dating apps. I'm on the market again, darling. <laughs> and- <laughs> and it was a great date went to a great steakhouse I ate a steak for the first time in I don't know how long wow years it was the best steak I've ever had in my life so it was great it was a great date ended up having I am a person who I'm like pretty straight to the point I'm not I, I don't know how people can casually date without getting into really deep subjects well Because I don't consider them really deep subjects. Like, I like to talk to people about their spirituality, their religious views, like almost their politics right away because I want to know if I want to go on a second date with you. Right. You know? Totally. Religion came up. We had very differing views, which warranted for me, it's not a second date. But something very strange happened. (laughs) And this was a red flag. It was a weird red flag. I don't know if I can remember what this I is. Don't think I, I don't think I even remembered to tell you, but I was telling my girlfriends here and I was like, oh my God, he did this weird thing. I have to tell you. And they were all like, that's weird. It's well, weird. I don't know <laughs> what this is. Okay. Oh God, you didn't tell me this. Okay. So I feel number one, left out. <laughs> number two, excited. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's because I I thought about it when I was with them, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that this happened. It's kind of weird and a big deal. Okay, anyways, we went on a really – it was a sexy beach date. I showed up in my Saturday best, like, really looking good, okay? (laughs) We went walking on the beach after. We had – we shared some kissing, okay? Whoa. Yeah, we're making out kind of a lot. We would, like, walk, make out, walk, make out, okay? Jeez. Then like the fifth or sixth time, because we walked for like 30 minutes. It was a beautiful night. It was the full moon. It was cloudy, but warm. Like it was just a really cool Tulum night. Yeah. So like maybe the fifth or sixth kiss nearing the end of like when we were getting closer to our hotel, I, he's like, you are a great kisser. You have great lips. And I was like, thank you. And he goes, but you keep doing something. And I think it might be a little thing for control. And I was like, what and he's like you keep putting your hand on the back of my neck and I was like okay you know like I I was like okay so I'm like I go I don't know where to put my hands and he goes 
maybe just I can't, I'm so sorry to not tell you this by the way <laughs> now that I'm telling you I literally can't believe I didn't tell you <laughs> I feel like my body is being sucked down uh-huh. into the basement like because, my body is being sucked into somewhere no, I don't know where because, it is because Lauren and I talked about the date the night of I called her at like 10 30 and then remember my phone kind of died we were I was yeah. like out walking out so we couldn't really end the conversation okay yeah so he goes just he goes, put one on my lower back and one on the top of my back. I think you'll feel more comfortable that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was what? like, okay. <laughs> what? Isn't that weird? I just feel like that's really weird. <laughs> I just hate the notion of him giving you a suggestion for how you might feel more comfortable. That's exactly what I thought when it happened. I was just like, oh, hell no. It's not going to be a second date for me because I feel like that's like you having sex with someone and being like, actually, it feels better like right here. And then being like, no, I think that this feels better for you. You know, like him telling me, I just could see the writing on the walls that he was very controlling. <laughs> oh my God, that is so weird. Like instead of him, but even just giving somebody a suggestion for where to put their hands when you're kissing on the first date is so weird. Maybe he didn't like that your hand was on his neck. I think that that's what it was. I think maybe it was something for him. But right. I was, and it was so like casual and f- happened so fast. And I was kind of just like, that was weird, but we were already like, I don't know, 20 minutes out from the restaurant. <laughs> and we're like walking back and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so then the next time you kissed, did you obey? I started laughing because I was like, I don't know where to put my hands. Like I kind of made a joke out of it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the back of a neck, the neck is a really nice place to put your hand. It's like so normal I don't know where like if I had one like my hands above their head like on the back of their head and stuff yeah I I don't know I don't know if the back of the neck is my first move but geez I mean big deal I just like kind of love holding someone's head I guess I mean I don't know I I, it was so strange and I the minute I told my girlfriends they were just like Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that he said that to you. I'm like, neither do I. I feel like that's weird. But you know what? A lot of people wouldn't catch that. But for me, I feel like it was just like immediately my body was like, eh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that is so weird. Okay. I'm so glad that I know that. And (laughs) I feel that, yes, he was asserting some kind of weird control without like like a passive aggressive control or like – being unable to say that maybe he didn't like that you were doing that. It's funny that he suggested that you were doing something for control. Yes. And then he said, like, he assured me that I was safe. He wasn't going to hurt me. (laughs) What? Yeah, dude. It was kind of weird, but it was, like, so fast. And he said it so nonchalant. And I was just like, that was weird. Like, it kind of hit me the next day. I was like, that was weird when he did that. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, there we go. He's out of the running. Out of the running. But that's my intro to dating. So, yes, I'm on the market. I'm taking dates. I am (laughs) 
really excited to see where this goes. And I'm really excited for exciting date stories, by the way. I love this because for so long I was the exciting date story girl and now it gets to be you. I know. I'm so excited about it. I love that. Okay. Shall we get into our topic for the day? I think we shall. Okay. So today I want to talk about anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason this is really important to me is because I used to identify as being a very anxiety-ridden person. I can see that it runs in the family. I have gone to therapy thinking, you know, it was for certain things. I've essentially, I guess I can just start with my experience on anxiety a little bit, okay? As a little kid, I used to have panic attacks when I was a competitive gymnast at night, which I didn't know was panic attacks until I started experiencing them again in my late 20s. So had that phase, didn't really feel like I was so anxious, but then through college and after college, anxiety started to become a part of my identity. Mm-hmm. And I don't even, I think it became so deeply a part of just my vocabulary that I would use it in sentences, even if I wasn't feeling anxious. Right. Okay. So when we talk about general anxiety, anxiety, the actual definition for anxiety is anxiety is a feeling of fear, dread, and uneasiness. That's it. It may cause you to sweat, feel restless, tense, and have a rapid heartbeat. Okay. Okay. John Hopkins classifies anxiety as generalized anxiety disorder is a condition of excessive worry about everyday issues and situations lasting longer than six months. And in addition to worry, you may feel restless, fatigue, trouble concentrating, irritability, increased muscle tension, and trouble sleeping. Mm. Okay. Now, there are a few different um, anxiety disorders. So categorized under anxiety is things like agoraphobia, which I actually didn't know was anxiety, but agoraphobia, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, separation anxiety, and a handful of others. But those are, I think, the most common that people would know those terms. So Later in my life, okay, at age 26, when I did a psychedelic experience, I started facing trauma, sexual trauma, um, trauma and relationships, learning to set boundaries and stuff. I started experiencing panic attacks again. And my therapist identified me as having panic disorder. Okay. And at first, to me, it felt very comforting. It felt comforting to know that a certain amount of other people experience the same thing. Same with Shane, Lauren's partner, who's become a teacher for me in this stuff, also had panic disorder Mm -hmm. at a phase in his life. But what I want to keep coming back to in this episode and really talk about and bring to light, because we're talking about the spiritual healing of this, is that anxiety disorder based on John Hopkins, is excessive worry. Okay. Now this is a quote from Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, where she describes human emotion. 
Worry is not an emotion, okay? It is a chain of negative thoughts about something bad happening in the future. Mm. So this entire disorder that so many kids and adults suffer from is based on something that is not even an emotion. It is a string of negative thoughts. Mm. And yet the way that we treat it mostly in Western culture is with medication. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I am by no means a psychiatrist or a doctor, but this is just based on research. This is based on fact, based on some of the best psychiatrists, doctors in the country. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the reason I want to talk about this today is because I feel like a huge part of my healing was actually having to break away from the idea that I do not have anxiety. Anxiety is happening to me. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's just like with any other identity that we like to claim I am an engineer, I have depression, I am a sad person. That's not who you are. These are just things happening to you either externally or internally based on typically perpetuating thoughts. Right. Right. That's so, so good. Yeah. And I feel like this is important because as a society right now, I feel like we really love to cling on to identity, maybe even more than before, just because social media and everybody able to have a presence online right now allows you to become anything you want just based on the way you talk about yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is great in so many ways. It allows people to feel like they're home and also claiming something so deeply always ends up creating additional suffering. Right. And I talked about this on my TikTok the other day. I put out the shortest little video and I just said, I have a hot take on anxiety. You don't have anxiety. You, your body is just telling you that it doesn't like the way you're living right now. Mm. Blew up because, and it was half and half, like half the people were like, oh, hell yeah. I totally agree. I used to feel like I had anxiety and it's not, I just had to quit my job. Like I just had to yeah. leave my husband, you know, whatever. And then I had other people that said, wrong, I have anxiety, mm. right? So I want to just honor anybody's experience because I understand what it feels like to live inside of an anxious body, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about the way that I feel like I've healed anxiety and like pulling away from the identity because it's allowed me to not live in an anxious body anymore. And I want other people to feel like they have the opportunity to do the same without having to take a medication. Right. Or yeah. to wean off of their medication if they want to, or, you know, to just have an idea. Like when you claim something so deeply, I have anxiety or I am anxious, it really limits you. It limits the directions that you're able to go. It holds, it holds on to you in some way. So releasing some of those identities and coming back to, okay, I am, and then these things are happening to me, you can start yeah. to have a little bit more control, which is what you're wanting when you have anxiety in the first place. Yes, that is exactly right. 
our friend Nichelle posted a really beautiful post on this. I'll link her Instagram in the show notes. Yeah, but I remember I just it. one sentence from her thing was, anxiety is just excitement without the breath. Mm. And I felt like that was so powerful. And even I'm reading right now Brene Brown's new book. I mentioned it already earlier, but Atlas of the Heart. And she talks about anxiety. And anxiety is the same thing as excitement, but your perception is different. Right. You're worrying about things because things don't seem like they're in control. Or maybe you're worrying about the future because – Things haven't lined up the way you thought. You didn't end up getting the job. So now you're worried about money. All of the worry is what leads to anxiety instead of thinking, okay, wasn't for me. Let's open a new door. Now it's exciting. Right. right? It's just our perception has to shift. Mm-hmm. But that can be hard. It can be really hard if you've identified as being anxious forever. I also think that we – currently live in a world that is so overly stimulating that it's like the perfect grounds for anxiety and sometimes I get a little bit confused I'm the last person to talk to about this probably but I get a little confused between like anxiety um feeling tense having a little bit of like ADHD where you have too much going on too much stimulus or feeling overwhelmed like all of these things that I feel like I feel sometimes like I will say the words I'm feeling anxious about all of this, all of these options that I have. Like there's so many choices to make that it just feels like everybody has a touch of anxiety in in my opinion. Yes, of course. Anxiety is just from negative thought. It's just worry. Right. So excessive worry. Every single person has had excessive worry in their life. Yes. (laughs) So for people who have feel like they're constantly worried, I just want you to know that there are things holistically and spiritually that you can do so that your body doesn't have to feel like that anymore. Right. Like I remember having so much worry and just being like, I do not want to feel like this anymore. I'm right. sick of it. I had to hit my – I do not want to think that I'm going to have a panic attack during the day. I don't want to – I don't want to be anxious when I'm thinking about a relate my relationship. There mm-hmm. are things that you can change. And I always come back to this quote in the power of now. If you cannot find presence now, you must make a change. Mm-hmm. And I think that that very much relates to anxiety. Like if you're feeling consistently anxious, you have to make life change if you actually want to feel differently. Right. Right. I'm going to tell you what I feel like is my recipe for healing. (laughs) Yes. What did you do? We want to know. Yeah. This is my recipe. And honestly, it's taken a lot of work. Like I I want people to know that when you go all in on a journey, it's not – there's no quick fix. Even if you decide to go the medication route, there's still no quick fix. You're Mm -hmm. constantly having to adjust. You're having to find the new medication. Maybe one doesn't work with your new birth control. Like a quick fix to anxiety isn't possible because it's in your mind. And we have to train the mind and really become conscious in order to make change. So this is my recipe. Get ready. (laughs) I'm going to say this as a caveat before you dive into is like, 
your recipe is yours. It's based on your life experience. This is not just like a seven step to healing anxiety. It's like you essentially what Camille's going to tell you is what she did. But what what you have to do, and this is with everything, when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to sexual confidence, when it comes to feeling powerful or confident or whatever it is, you must make the unconscious conscious. You have to address the thoughts that are running in your background, in the background of your mind, and you must bring them forward and look at them or else you will be walking around thinking that you are what you're not. You're you're, (laughs) you're not in reality. Yeah. you have to come into reality by making the unconscious conscious. And what Camille's going to address, at least what I think, sis, is that mm-hmm. these are different methodologies to make that possible. That's exactly right. Yeah. And with all the stuff that we record on that both of us coach on, these things are really just things that brought me deeper into the present moment. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't have anxiety anymore. Right. Of course. Of course, right. because I'm living now. Anxiety right. is worry about the future. Well, I'm not worried about the future anymore. So here right. I am. Right. Here I am. My body isn't anxious and I feel fabulous. Right. <laughs> and right. It's not and none of these happened. I didn't do like step one is this. Here's I'm giving you four things today because these are I I put them into sort of categories. Yeah. These are in no particular order. And this was all happening at once. Yes. Right? Over the last probably two years. Over the last two years. Yeah. I started having panic attacks. February uh, – panic attacks again, February 2021, right before I quit my engineering job. Okay. So my first category is – and I know this is all about anxiety healing, but my first category is healing. This can look different for every person. For me, I had to address sexual trauma. That was huge because I didn't realize how anxious my body felt because I hadn't processed that experience yet. And I don't want to go into it today. I talked about this on one of our episodes. We did a full episode on it. But for me... I felt a lot of anxiety when I tried to sing in front of people, like even for joking or for, you know, just to like show people that I had a little bit of pipes, you know, (laughs) a lot of anxiety. I felt a lot of anxiousness in my body when I had to set boundaries with people. Even saying the word no to people. If someone would ask me for a favor and I didn't want to do it, saying no felt painful. Mm-hmm. And it's because I hadn't healed the trauma yet. Those were all things adding to this anxious body. Mm. Along with sexual trauma, I had to heal my relationship with alcohol and caffeine, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The videos I post on TikTok about caffeine specifically and alcohol usually do well because I I know so many people who are like, I have so much anxiety and I'm like, yeah, I just saw you slam a six-shot espresso from Starbucks. Like, of course you're feeling anxious. Right. Right. Caffeine and alcohol both mimic panic attack symptoms. You have an increased heart rate. 
your blood sugar changes, your cortisol level changes, and you're no longer in your body. So it leads to dissociation and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So for me, I had to go back and heal my relationship. Caffeine, I felt like I just had to wean off until I could find something that felt good in my body. And for me, I can't have anything more than a matcha. A matcha latte is like 16 milligrams of caffeine. And I think a cup of coffee has over 100, 150. Whoa, no. It has like 80 80 to 100. (laughs) But a Starbucks coffee has like 150. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that. (laughs) That is crazy. Yeah. I used to be one of them. I would drink a grande iced what was it? Gurus Brigamotuses. Gurus Brigamotuses. <laughs> I would drink one of those things. I was addicted to them. And now I can't even, I had one square of dark chocolate last night. One <laughs> square. And I was laying down to bed and I was just like, I'm going to write my whole book right now. I'm going to write my whole book. Like it affects me. So it is like hot cocaine. And then I crash. I'm depressed. It's, it's so crazy. crazy. Okay. It is anyway. so crazy. No, I I feel the same. When I was in engineering, I would have a cup of coffee when I got there in the morning and then again at two and then usually one in between. And I'm not talking one cup of coffee. I'm talking like 12 ounce coffee, maybe add an espresso shot in there. And then I was having panic attacks at work and I'm like, why is this happening? It's like I wasn't drinking water. I wasn't peeing. (laughs) Yeah, of course. You're just like passing kidney stones and having panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. So I I highly recommend and everybody when you first get off coffee, you're literally getting off. You have to like wean off coffee. You feel tired because you're not used to not having the um tired chemicals pushed down by the caffeine. Okay. So they're gonna come up. <laughs> Muted. What's it called? What's it called? Melatonin? No. Well, yes. Caffeine blocks the chemicals that you feel that make you tired. Right. I forget what they are. Right. So of course you're going to be a little bit more tired, but I am telling you weaning off of caffeine, you get back to your normal level. Your body remembers what it feels like to not have to take a nap. (laughs) Yes. It feels amazing. You're not just going to feel tired forever. People didn't have caffeine back in the day like it's it's a very new thing that coffee is this like hot trend and you're slamming it 24 7 it used to be ceremony and now it's just like give it to me in an IV you know what I mean I know and I think it's hard because it's really cool to drink coffee it's part it becomes part of your it's the same thing with drinking alcohol though both of them are really hard to let go of because you're sort of it, it's a lifestyle. It feels really good to wake up and have yeah. your coffee. And we're not trying to take that away from you. If you're having one cup of coffee a day and it feels really good and you're doing it like it's your morning thing, enjoy that. We're talking about if you're saying you have anxiety and you also are having three or four cups of coffee a day, Plus caffeine in other ways or other stimulants. I mean, yeah. people do energy drinks. They do pre-workout plus coffee. I mean, Jesus. Yes. You're just lightning bolting yourself. It's crazy. And my question to you, if you're drinking so much caffeine to kind of keep yourself alert, is 
what in your life are you trying to distract yourself away from? You know, like I remember just feeling bored at my job and being like, I'm just going to drink another coffee, you know? And it's like, well, maybe instead of feeling like I had to be so amped just to live my typical life, like I just had to make change. I actually, I, that lifestyle wasn't for me. So anyway, caffeine shifts, alcohol shifts. I've talked about this on a podcast of ours too, of why I stopped drinking alcohol and I have one every now and then, but with all of this is kind of just a blanket statement for all of these things. When you start giving yourself a lot of self-love and TLC and really treating your body well, you can really easily see what doesn't sit well with you anymore. And this isn't just for me. This is happens to every single one of my clients that they're like, yeah, I just can't drink as much. Or like, I just don't feel like going out and drinking. I don't feel like having coffees. It just ends up happening that with all of these things, you'll be able to know when your body needs some of these things. And also you'll more easily accept the signals you receive from your body. So for me, alcohol isn't feeling good at all. It feels like my body rejects alcohol and that feels great. And obviously if you, if you listen to our other episode about my journey with alcohol, it took a lot of work for me to need to shift my relationship with it because it was a lot of generational patterning as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. One more big thing. Well, I guess a couple more things for the healing. And this is just a couple examples of things that you might have to look at too is doing some inner child healing, like seeing what was making you anxious as a child, see if those inner children just need some love and additional TLC. Somatic releasing trauma. This is just something that helped me in my journey, but learning to dance and sing again and twerk and move my body and sing in my apartment and paint, become really creative. All of that stuff helps regulate your nervous system and will ease your anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all scared of doing stuff that feels like a kid. It's like, yeah, I want to paint. And I also, I'm just, I'm not good at it or I'm not good at dancing. Right. It doesn't, that, that thought is coming from an experience, a previous experience. It's not actually how the primal nature of your body feels. Your body wants to move, to create, and to sing, and to dance. So all of that was number one. Yes. That's <laughs> okay. All, so mark it down. That was number one. That was number one. It's a lot. <laughs> okay. Well, we're giving you the big bucket. Pick out the little, pick out little ones, but basically this is all the stuff that you'll address throughout any kind of a healing process. It's so I know. important. It's like, it's yes, so we're talking about anxiety. And surprisingly, we're also talking about sexuality right now. <laughs> Today's episode is about anxiety, but if I were to talk about sexual healing, this is what you do. You go through and check these boxes of like, what are you doing in your body? What is making you feel unsafe? Let's yeah. repair that and now we can move on. Healing, we could label as just bringing the body back to safety. Totally. And this is an ongoing process. That dancing and singing, it's stuff I incorporate every single day into my routine. I'm mm-hmm. serious. Every day now, it just feels natural. When I haven't danced or sang in a long time, it's just like, well, my body's craving it. My body's mm-hmm. craving it. I'm conscious of caffeine and alcohol intake every day. It's just something that's become so easy for me. 
I, I don't even think about it. It just right. is part of my life. My second thing that has that really shifted my mental state was relationships and boundaries. And those to me pair together because a lot of the time, if we have trouble setting boundaries, that runs into every relationship that we have. So for me, the change I actually had to make was, and I think the big kahuna, obviously for me was leaving my ex. It was actually going through a divorce. It had to be that serious of a shift for me. I think it has to be that serious of a shift for a lot of people and around it and dance and dance and do these little tippy toe ballerina moves. And really it needs to be the big kahuna for so many people. It has to be quitting your job, selling your house. That's too fucking big downsizing, getting rid of stuff, leaving your partner. I mean, I'm just saying it needs to be these big things usually. If you have big anxiety, you most likely need to make big shifts. Yes. That was – that is like the entire purpose. And what I wanted to come back to at the end is like if you want big change, you make big shifts in your life. I don't know any person who is really happy in their career and in a really loving relationship who's just like, I am riddled with anxiety. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I'm sure it happens. And then it's stuff from childhood, stuff internally that's going on. Yes, it's big shifts, big healing, big addressing, big big changing your relationships. It's the thing that scares you. If you are in a happy relationship and you love your job and you're having and you're riddled with anxiety, what scares you to face? If it was right in front of your face, what scares you? It's that. It's that. Mm -hmm. So go there. It's that. I mentioned TikTok trends on here because honestly, they're just so wildly accurate sometimes. (laughs) This one of this girl saying my relationship crumbling because I had anxiety in quotes. And then the next screen of her is like realizing my anxiety is completely gone after leaving my partner. (laughs) It's like, yes, yes, that's actually how I felt. It was, you know, not only me thinking I had so much anxiety, but also my partner telling me it's your problem. Like you have so much anxiety about it. It's not me that makes you have anxiety. Well, really? Because now that I'm gone, I don't have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm feeling very good. Yeah. Yes. No more anxiousness in my body. So changing relationships and setting boundaries, that was number two. My boundaries were bigger. It ended up being telling people stuff I didn't like. Like if somebody say, for instance, was wrestling me too rough. And I was like, I actually don't like that anymore. Maybe I liked it in the past, but I hate that now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Or setting boundaries of saying no to people, saying no to events that were making me anxious. If I went to an event and I all of a sudden am just not feeling great, feeling being comfortable enough with myself to say, I'm just going to go tonight, you guys. I feel I feel like I'm ready to just be on my couch instead and – appreciating and celebrating that part of myself and not being scared of it. Totally. Okay. Okay. Number three. And I think the thing that I have seen the biggest shift in not only me, but also my clients is incorporating a breathwork practice. 
Bingo. When we experience anxiety on a physiological level, our body is most likely having too much CO2 in it. There have been studies done if a gas mask filled with high concentration CO2 goes to somebody's face, even if they've never experienced a panic attack in their whole life, they have a panic attack on the spot. Wow. So what we can do to repair that is actually practice breathwork methodology that allows our body to increase its capacity for CO2. Mm. And in doing that, we allow ourselves better stress adaptation. So now when you're in a stressful situation, your body doesn't immediately respond with fight, flight, or dissociation. You're able to more think on a clear level and and fundamentally your emotions are more settled. Another thing about conscious breathing and practicing conscious breath is that typically when we are breathing just normally, probably what 98% of you are doing right now, unless you all just took a conscious breath with me because you were like, oh my God, I'm not breathing very well. Yeah. Is that unconscious breathing happens in the reptilian brain, which runs our instincts. That's our instinct to fight, to run, flight, you know, all of that stuff in the reptilian brain. Then we have the limbic system, which is a little bit more advanced than that. That's our emotional and feeling brain. And then we have the neocortex, which is said to be like the newest part of our brain, which is the rational and thinking brain. Hmm. So when we're unconsciously breathing, we're living in the reptilian brain, our most ancient primal brain. When we practice conscious breathing, that happens in the neocortex, which actually allows you in your brain's level to adapt to stress in a more rational and safe way. That's so amazing. When we're in a fight or flight scenario, yes, and we are unconscious of our breath, we're typically going to respond in our reptilian brain, which is ah, fight, scream, rage, something like that. If we're practicing conscious breathing and we can stop and take a couple breaths, we move back into the neocortex, which allows you to more rationally think. Ooh. So physiologically, on your brain, on your body, on your nervous system, practicing breath work is so fundamentally important if you want to ease anxiety or panic. That's amazing. Yes. And amen. Rewind that section, get out your notebook, and write that down. And thank you to Shane Hanner for teaching us that. Shout out to Shane Hanner for teaching us about that. Yes. And also shout out to the book In an Unspoken Voice by Peter Levine, who also reviews that stuff about the neocortex. Oh, okay. Fabulous. Yes. Shane and Peter Levine. (laughs) Both similar. (laughs) No. (laughs) Peter Levine's our best. (laughs) (laughs) ShaneHanner.com. Okay. And the last one that I, I was going to couple this with breath work. But I separated into its own category because I feel like it really needed it. Yes. Before I mention what it is, I want to go back to the fact that anxiety is linked directly to worry, which again is not an emotion based on every single great psychologist and doctor of our time. Worry is not an emotion. It is a strain of negative thoughts about the future. Okay. In order to break a strain of negative thoughts, we have to be meditating. 
we have to be meditating. Meditating is number four, and it is so important. Yes. Couldn't be more important. We have to learn how crazy our mind is in the first place to even recognize when the change is occurring. Yes. So I have been practicing breathwork and meditation now for over a year consistently every day. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed, I can notice so much faster now when my brain is getting wrapped up in the future and that could spiral quickly into anxiety or a panic attack even. But if you can catch the thought and just come back over and over and over to presence and slow down over and over, there's no room in your body to feel anxiety or panic Mm. if you're consistently living in the present moment. So we must – and you can't just meditate one day and be like, perfect, I am carrying this into my life. It is so important to train our minds. And I posted something on this recently. If you want to become more present throughout your day, in my opinion, you have to begin with a meditation practice because we do not even know what stillness and silence feels like if we can't be in that space practicing our meditation. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important. Even over breath work for me, I love breath work as well, but meditation is the thing for me that is just if if you are not practicing noticing your thoughts when you're sitting still, how will you practice noticing your thoughts when you're in an environment that is chaotic? You won't. You it's won't. So important. So you, that's what meditation is, and it, I feel like it's important to reiterate that. One of the ways it can be interpreted is just you're practicing noticing your mind in a calm, safe, and still environment so that when you're not in a calm, safe, and still environment, you can practice noticing your mind. And you can notice when it's giving you all of the stimulus that is making up for you. The mind is a complex entity. Yeah. And so the, the more we dedicate and devote ourselves to learning it's number one pathways, the more we can come back into center and remind ourselves, oh no, oh, that's just a thought. I'm actually safe right now. I don't need to be worrying. I'm totally safe. I'm safe right now actually. And we can actually say that. I actually say that to myself. Me too. I'll, I'll notice when my thoughts are taking me into a place where my heart feels tight. Like, you know, it happened today. Mm-hmm. Molly was barking in the hotel. I got a call from the hotel. Your dog's barking. You need to come back. My heart rate immediately went up. I was thinking, oh, my God, we have to get back there as fast as we can. I don't want to be speeding, blah, 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 blah. And before I knew it, my heart's tight. I'm kind of pissed off. And it's like, hang on. Oh, I know how to do this. Hey, I'm safe. I'm doing the best I can. I'll get back as soon as I can. And boom, I'm totally back into I'm in the Prius now with Shane we're just having a good time going to get our funny dog who's barking I mean it's literally and that's a chaotic experience so we have to be practicing that level of noticing the mind so that we can come back into the body and be Mm -hmm. here because the present is where it's at 
over and over and over. It's just, I can't think of anything more important in my life or something that's made a bigger impact, honestly. Mm -hmm. And again, I have heard a lot of people say, I don't even know why I have anxiety. Yes, you do. Your body (laughs) and your mind knows. You just need to give it the space to feel it and have it come to the surface for you. Mm -hmm. which sometimes is what my meditation is. I can tell what's causing unease in my life just because of the amount of thoughts that are coming up about it. Right. This is what Shane says often. If you're getting hit over over and over and over again in the face, you're not just going to stand there and take it because you're present. You're going to make a change. Right. If in your meditation, things are coming up, oh my God, my partner's not the one for me. Oh my God, I need to move out. Oh my God over and over and over you in meditation yes you tell the thoughts thank you so much I'll come back to you later but you come back to those like don't forget don't forget that you actually have to make change (laughs) yes you can't just yeah you're not an apathetic jellyfish you're not just you're not so present that all of a sudden anything can just happen and you're going with the flow with it it's like no yeah, you're not an, again, not an apathetic jellyfish. You're yeah. going to make a change because you notice that it feels like shit. Because you know that big, courageous, confident changes are going to bring you internal peace. And they make you live a great life. Yeah. It's like, God, even if it's a mistake, I mean, this is the stuff that I love talking about. I want to have so many different segments just about how exciting it is when you start to live in the present moment because it means that you're more okay with making mistakes. Like when you have anxiety, you're so panicked about, did I make the right choice? Will I make the right choice? What should I be doing? That you're, you're not even living in this magnificent mystical experience of being a human. You're, it sucks. It doesn't feel good. So it totally like, sucks. If anything, if you want to feel good, try the things that Camille suggested today. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. These things have made me feel so much more present in my mind and my body. I, I can't even remember what it felt like to not feel this way, to be honest. And I feel also so much more spiritually in touch with myself and with my energy And I really value, now that I've put so much effort and time into myself and dedicated to my practice, my healing, changing my relationships, I can tell so easily when something isn't vibing with me. So I want to just tell everybody too, like, these things are great. And then it's not like you do this and you're like, perfect. Now I live in the world and I'm anxiety free. No, it's a journey. Anxiety may come up for you in little ways, but that's your time to listen. Mm-hmm. It's time to see your body, understand your body, honor your body. You get to keep making these shifts throughout your day, your moments, your relationships, so that you can keep honoring, feeling good, feeling fabulous. So my guidance for you too is self-study, please. Please self-study. I I absolutely love self-study. And also, I couldn't have done this alone. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have done it without accountability, without spiritual teachings from Shane, without reading, without going to therapy certain techniques, without being held in a women's circle for my healing. 
I just feel like stuck to our own devices, we easily slip back to our old habits. And sometimes you just need the extra push to actually make the change. So therapy, coaching, somatic or shamanic work, retreats, things that are going to allow you to stay present and accountable are very, very helpful. And I also just want to give a shout out to anyone who is has identified with or feels really anxious every day because I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like and it sucks. Mm -hmm. It sucks to feel like you're in the anxious body forever, like you're uncomfortable. Panic attacks are the scariest thing ever. Like I just want you to know that I see you and I hear you. And you also, you do not have to live like that forever. You were not born that way. You weren't born with anxiety and panic in your body with help, with nervous system regulation, the things we talked about today can get back to a resting state. So (gasps) yes, if you are wanting to hear more about this, if you're ready to invest in yourself, invest in feeling better in your body, I do offer coaching, trauma-informed anxiety, spiritual healing. If you go to healwithcamille.com slash offerings, you can learn more about it. Yeah, Camille, it is amazing. I just want to say I've known you for your whole life. I knew you before you identified with anxiety. During your big anxiety identifying years and now after, and it really is incredible to see just how far you've come. It feels so much more relaxed to interact with you. It's amazing. Isn't it crazy? Yes. <laughs> I'm retur- I'm retraining myself because I know that I gave you a lot of anxiety. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, I'll tell Camille something that would have given her a lot of anxiety before. And now she's calm as a cucumber. And I'm just like waiting for the ball to drop. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm telling you, I cannot even remember what it felt like to live in an anxious state like that. Sometimes I'll get a little glimmer of it and I'm like, wow, I used to live like that all the time. That is just not what I ever want to do again. Well, thank you for giving me the space to talk about this. I absolutely love this. I love this work. I love talking to people about it 24-7. Yes. I'm always posting content about it. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at CamilleJoanneXO. You can find Lauren and all of her work at She Wolf Lauren and our combined page at the Den Mothers on everything. Yes. Thank you for another amazing week in the Den. And we love you all so much, Wolf Pack. We will see you next week. We love you. Ow, ow, ow.